Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is our favorite things. Happy Throwback Thursday. Yay, it's that time of the week again. It's that, it's that time of the week. <laughs> Kevin and I sit down and we geek out over musical theater. I, I figure ahead. at some point we're going to like just run out of stuff. Eventually. Yeah, I don't know where we're going to go eventually. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to talk about eventually. Oh my God, I'm so scared. I'll be like, my favorite scene change in The Phantom <laughs> is scene two to three. That's when they bring on the chair. Join us next week. That's what we're going to get into. The trumpeter from Gypsy. He's so good. Oh, man. How are you? I'm doing very good. Now I'm terrified. I know. (laughs) I'm actually very excited for the the one this week because this is one of my favorite shows. You you start. You start. Uh, I'm going to jump right into it. Go for it. Um, So you're going to know the show immediately, but this this show is never – it's a cult favorite. It was written in the 90s. It was written by one of those new composers of the 90s, um, and uh, it was off-Broadway. Once again, Playwrights Horizons for the win – developing a show. It, it started out at the Prince Theater in uh, in Philadelphia, and then it moved over there. And this writer went on to write other really cool shows based on a true story, my friend. Based oh! on a true story. Oh, I think I know what it yeah, is. Yeah, I do. Is it Floyd Collins? It certainly is. Oh, my gosh. And there's a lot of people out there, fans of musical theater, that are like, oh, my God, it's my favorite show, because it really is. It's incredible. It's The score is by Adam Gettle. Now, a little interesting little tidbit here. Adam Gettle, for those of you who may not know, is the grandson of the great Richard Rogers. Richard Rogers had Mary Rogers, uh, and she did um, Once Upon a Mattress, among many other shows, like Mad Show, which she wrote in. But um, Richard begat Mary who begat Adam. Exactly. And Mary had Adam. So talk about a songwriting legacy. And Adam Gettle sounds nothing like Richard Rogers. Adam Gettle, I think, has created... Um, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of his material. He did Light in the Piazza. He did Myths and Hymns all in the last 20 years. So not writing shows like Julie Stein does. Um, just putting them out every two yeah. years. I-, I wish that he wrote more. He was supposed to do uh, The Princess Bride yes. with Craig Lucas, but then things didn't work out with that so much. I, I, uh, My buddy did a, was in the Berkshires, I think, doing a reading of his new show that's coming out very soon. I hear it's unbelievable. I don't know what it's about, Wonderful. but I know it's amazing. 
So Floyd Collins was one of his first book musicals. He wrote it with Tina Landau, who also wrote, uh, who also directed it. It's based on the true story of Floyd Collins, who was a cave explorer in the 1920s. Yeah, 1925 to be exact. Uh, in uh, I want in Mammoth Cave National Park, which exists to this day, um, and he was back then in the in the in, in that time period. If you found a cave in Tennessee or in Kentucky area, uh, you were you were you had it, you made it, like because you would charge people like you know a couple cents to go in and see your cave, and and you would sell souvenirs and all these other things, and it was a great way to make money out in the in, out out there in, in the middle parts of America. And so uh, Floyd Collins was exploring a cave and j- diving in, going underneath all these rocks, and got stuck in it. And and uh, the part of the cave collapsed, and it, he uh, died in the cave. And they couldn't reach him in time. They reached him three days too late when they got the shaft down to him. And but the the interesting thing about this is that it was between World War One and World War Two. It was the biggest media sensation the country had ever seen. This is pre obviously pre internet, pre all of that stuff. We just had radio and telegram, so uh, it was a media frenzy. People came from all over the country to the where the cave was to figure out what's remember do you remember in the 90s when that little girl was stuck in the well oh baby remember jessica that? yeah and so that went and was like tv was on 24 hours a day it was on cnn constantly and you're is she gonna make it out so yeah. it was the same thing but at that time you only had you know telegraph and all of that so it was people had to physically be there and this so, is one of the first times i think the media is sensationalizing exactly, a tragedy exactly just so commonplace now y- yes that's right and so this the musical basically starts with him exploring and him getting stuck and then it's about his family and the mediation that ensues above ground but also his family fantasies going on below ground like he sings a duet with his brother but it's not really happening in real time but they are kind of talking to each other through the collapsed cave wall but what's fascinating to me in this score is is how in 1996 when it premiered in february 9th 1996 at playwrights it was like unheard of like no one had ever heard music like this i think we've never heard music as complex and fascinating as adam gettle wrote truly um the harmonies the songwriting is a combination of kind of country folky sound, but definitely complex musicality. I don't know how else to say it, but it's just, it's smart, smart writing. Kind of like Light in the Piazza, which he mm. wrote a couple years later, that you, I can listen to Light in the Piazza 20 times, and I'm still getting things out of it that I never knew were there. Um, and Floyd Collins, it, it starts with Floyd Collins. You could say it starts with Myths and Hymns, one of the uh, song cycle he wrote before that. But to me, Floyd Collins is a real, a real, because if you pitch that idea, like, hey guys, I want to write a show about a guy gets stuck in a cave. It's like, here we go. I mean, that's crazy. Like, that's oh, no. like, no, really? really? But, um, and, and I watched at Lincoln Center years ago, and I have some issues with some of the book writing and getting from song to song, but the story's there, the songs are there, and it's, it's a beautiful piece. I'm, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned this because I was talking about this show yesterday with somebody. Let me ask you, do you if you remember when you saw it, how did they do the cave? It wasn't a literal cave, no, right? No, everything was okay. very, he was like literally on a plank. Like a like you take down your front door, it's wooden, and you just put it on a put like it a on diagonal a diagonal or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just kind of lay there. And then during like the riddle song, which is like the famous ten minute song he yeah. sings with his brother, he gets up. I mean, he gets up out of there, and he and he you know moves around and stuff. So it's it's fantastical. It's it's ethereal. okay. I I'll tell you why I was talking about this yesterday. We were talking about shows that if you. It's, I mean, everyone's had this experience. I want to just find the best way of articulating it. You will be exposed to a show in a production, and you will not like the production. Yes. And you somehow take it out on the show. 
and you go, good oh, point. the show's not good. And then you'll come back to it, and you either listen to it or you see another production, and you go, oh, actually, mm-hmm. it's not the script and score that are bad. It was actually the production I saw. I had the same experience with Floyd Collins. Oh. I was, I don't know if schools still do this. I think they do. There's the Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival, which is where colleges from all across the United States get together. Is that where they do like the uh, Irene Irene Ryan, Ryan Awards? Yeah. Yes. I was never part yeah. of that, but I was always kind of envious of people who got to. My school was. Oh, wow. And we, uh, the first time I remember we ever went, you get you go up uh, to, to uh, a town for like a week, and it's just a week-long theater festival. Which is really great. And you see other colleges' productions. Yeah. And there are judges who go around and they pick the best productions. And those are the ones that they bring to your town. Right. Um, and they had brought – somebody brought a production of Floyd Collins. And they built – this is why I didn't like it. They built a literal cave on stage. Oh. And I hope this does not sound inappropriate. It was very clear that the cave, whoever designed it, was inspired by Georgia O'Keeffe. Oh. Was it a if you get very my, yeah. bulbous looking cave? It looked it looked very much like a piece of anatomy. Uh-huh. And so of course we're all freshmen in college and we're all <laughs> laughing. And the only way I think his brother could get down to him in the cave no. was he was this guy was literally trapped in a in, in they he was this man was trapped in the cave. So even in things like the riddle song, where usually the actor gets up and moves he around. He literally just it was like he was just on this diagonal. And there's one part where I think the brother is – somebody is supposed to go down and help him. Yeah, Skeet Miller, the, the reporter, and managed to get like to him. And it looked like an inappropriate sexual <laughs> position. Like it was one of those things where you just sat there the whole time and you said, this is the stupidest fucking thing yeah. I've ever seen in my life. And so we all left going, well, that was so stupid and that was so dumb and the cave looked like a vagina and yeah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then years, years later, because this was 2000 and – Two or mm-hmm. no, no, no. When did this show come out? It came in ninety, late nineties. Yes, yeah, so this was two thousand two, th- two thousand three. And years later, I listened to the score and I read it, and I thought to myself, "This is brilliant." And it was one of those things where a bad production can just taint your idea of what a show is. And so, not to sound academic and teacherly, but if you if there was a show you saw and you go, "I didn't like this thing." I would love for you to go back and try it one more time because mm. it might necessarily not have been the show and the score. It might have been the particular production you so saw. So you're saying uh, in my life that I saw on Broadway a couple years ago, the Joe Brooks musical that ran for No, seven, that one you're that, exempt from. Okay, all right. That just one I think we sure. can all agree uh, okay, was just all right. There was mis- a big lemon on yeah. the stage. Yeah, okay. Well, we were a little right. misguided on ah, that okay, one. Okay, okay. I don't think that just one's going to – Yeah, just yeah. making sure. Okay. But who knows? 50 years yeah. from now, somebody hey. might do it and Win the might Tony be Award, Best Revival. Yeah, and that was, that was my issue with it when I saw it. It was just – it was so literal. And the cave, I mean, it was very impressive physically. It just took up mm-hmm. the whole stage. But it's a gorgeous score. The, what, what really rocks me with Adam Gettle's work in it is that – you know, here's a man. Yes, he came from the legacy he came from, and all of that. But uh, how he found a voice that he has—that is so. Like you know, musical theater writers today, some of them they love Jason Robert Brown. So a lot of their songs starting out sounds a little bit like Jason Robert Brown. Yeah. Like they write a song in six four, they write whatever. But this Adam Gettle to me came out of nowhere with this sound that is so out there and musical. It's almost operatic, and but yet always serving the story, yeah. that's original. And that I can't believe. And please, give us more to listen to, Mr. Gettle, because... Please. I mean, it's too good what you got there. Oh, 
So yeah, so uh, Floyd Collins for me with the win. Get that recording, you guys, because it's um, it's it's a it's and genius. So timely. That unfortunately, I think that's a show whose themes are never going to go away. Yeah, I which think is you're the right. sensationalizing of a tragedy. Yeah, and uh, one little thing at the end. Also, what's incredible about it is that he dies in the cave, right? And he in the beginning he yodels. He does this like whole yodel thing, and they timed it out so that it would he would sing to his voice, echoing back at him. And I think one of the most beautiful moments of the show is at the very very end. He right as he's dying of you know exhaustion hunger and all that he yodels and he sing he keeps yodeling and it harmonizes with himself they somehow play it back so he can keep yodeling and he passes away but his echo keeps going on pretty pretty awesome that's amazing I mean, that's pretty beautiful that's amazing yeah, yeah. If, please listen to it yeah no actually i want to just stop recording and go listen to it now so i can have a good cry <laughs> it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details <laughs> i love it i love it so okay so i'm a little torn on mine uh-oh I was going to recommend something. It was going to be a TV show. Mm. And I went on to YouTube to look at it again last night to do some research on it. Uh-oh. And it was pulled <gasps> because of copyright oh, shoot. issues. So I, I'm, I'm really torn because I don't know if I want to recommend it. And then nobody can go, nobody can go see it's it like, right now. It's like now. such a tease. But maybe it'll come back at some point. Maybe they pulled it so they could, you know, like they did with Ed Sullivan on Blue Gobo. Maybe yeah. they pulled all those Ed Sullivan clips. And yeah. you're like, oh. But then they, you know, sold them on PBS. So I don't. I, I don't know if I want to recommend that or something else. I'm so torn. What should well, I do? You're teasing me, Rob. Okay, I'm going to recommend it, and I'm going to hope it comes back yeah, let's on do, YouTube. Yeah, let's at least talk about so it. So I'm going to recommend a TV pilot. Oh, geez. So for those of you who don't know what a pilot is, a pilot is the first episode of a television show that gets made with the hopes that the first episode is so successful, it'll be given a green light and approved by the network to do a full series. And then they'll... Then they'll pay for all the other episodes yes. yes and so i'm going to recommend a pilot that did get picked up for a very short amount of time no it didn't get picked up what am i saying no it did get picked up but it got retooled never mind the <laughs> how do you like that everybody it is uh 1977 hmm. it was a pilot for the great broadway star ethel merman what and the pilot was a TV show called You're Gonna Love It Here. So once again, the title is You're Going to Love It Here from 1977. I'm, it was a pilot for Ethel Merman. I'm picking she, my job off the floor. She had stopped, making, she had stopped doing Broadway musicals. Yeah. Not was, disco albums. She kept doing disco albums. Oh, yeah. She, I had just watched an interview with her. She didn't really want to come back to Broadway in, I think, the newer musicals. I don't think she was so interested in doing... The know, acting? The acting, <laughs> per se. And the hope was that she and Julie Stein were going to collaborate on a project together again. And it never got launched. So she went into the world of television. And in You're Going to Love It Here, uh, she plays musical theater star Lolly Rogers. What a name. So I'm like, that's a great name for Lolly. her. Lolly is a grandma. 
Okay. And her grandson uh, is now in her custody and her charge. Her par- the parents were arrested for, uh, I think, insider trading. And so she's now responsible for her grandson. And she doesn't want to take care of the grandson because she's going to do a national tour of Maine. And she doesn't want to bring the child around with her everywhere. <laughs> So she drops the child, her grandson, off at her other son's doorstep, played brilliantly by Austin Pendleton. Oh, my gosh. Whom I love. Who, if you don't know Austin Pendleton, uh, great actor and director, but probably best known to people as the stuttering lawyer in My Cousin Vinny. Oh, my goodness. I forgot about that. He's done. I mean, he's one of these guys. He's done everything. He shows up everywhere. But that's usually where I associate him. And so it's one of the, to be honest with you, it's not the best sitcom. It's a little corny. But if you can watch the pilot of it, it's very funny. Watching Ethel Merman acting opposite this kid is pretty genius. And the kid actually grew up to have a great career. Uh, His name is Chris Barnes. And he grew up to be, do you remember the Brady Bunch movies? Yeah. He's Greg Brady in the Brady Bunch movie. (laughs) So it's a very fun pilot. It's a very silly pilot. I think the problem with the pilot is it's like Ethel Merman shows up for a little bit. And then it's mostly scenes between Austin Pendleton and the young boy and their relationship. And Ethel Merman just sort of fades away. And so I wonder if if the series were to continue, would she have had as big a part in it? Hmm. I would love to have seen her raising the kid herself and taking the kid on the road with her. I think that would have been interesting. Totally. And I think the idea was it didn't get picked up because they felt that her personality just didn't fit well on the smaller screen. Not really motherly. And she's not really motherly. And there's a lot of great sitcom actors, sorry, a lot of great theater actors who you think would have done really well in sitcoms. And they really haven't, Mm. like Dorothy Loudon, Elaine Stritch... And Nathan yeah. Lane, God bless him, is a brilliant stage actor, but he really can't seem to keep a television show up. For oh, remember more than he had half that Nathan season. Lane show? Yeah, you're right. He had a couple. There was one where he was a congressman, and then there was one where he was a very famous opera singer. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. And I wonder why those performers who do so well on stage, they just don't, for whatever reason, their yeah. magic doesn't translate that to the TV smaller is a crapshoot, though, because you could get your pilot, and you're like, yeah, I got my pilot, and then it's like, well, now you got to get picked up. I mean, yeah, like, now you do every more 15 pilots, only like one or two get picked up. So it's crazy. I, I mean, I I don't know. I really, really hope that it comes up. But I like I clicked it and it said, you know, disappeared Weird. because Warner Did she Brothers. sing on it? No. Interesting. She sings the theme song. <laughs> and that's the only time she sings in it. Wow. Yeah. So that's that. I'm What's it rec- called again? You're going to love it here. And I'm going to recommend it. I'm going to recommend it with the hope that one day. War- I'm like Warner Brothers. Who's who had copyright infringement? On? They're like, who watched this and was like, I'm we so can make sorry. five dollars on it. I'm going to make a millions <laughs> off of my pilot, my Ethel Merman pilot that's going nowhere. It's just the pilot that was made. Just a pilot. Huh. The show then got picked up and they retooled it. They got rid of her. Ah. Yeah. And then it became like. A precursor Mr. Belvedere? To, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> Don't get me. Somebody asked me, they're like, they asked, actually, they asked us a really good question. They said, you guys seem to be so knowledgeable about musical theater. Is there anything else you're really knowledgeable about? And I, the answer is yes. I'm a big sitcom buff, which isn't that much different than musical theater. But you can, like, name an 80s sitcom, and I should be able to do the wow. theme song for you just like that. That's quite a, a special skill, my friend. Well, I'm happy... You say special skill. My parents used to say pathetic, and so I'm very, I'm very happy that you said sp- I say special, special skill. skill. What's what's yours? And politics. I'm I'm a big history uh, junkie. Yes. I, yeah. I love I love history. I, yeah. I I'm a big geography 
person. I love geography. I love Ooh. that. I like. I live for maps. I have maps in my house. I I love maps. Like topographical maps. I'm a hiker, so I love the outdoors. And so I I do a lot of uh, I, I, every place I've gone, like Acadia National Park or Yosemite. I have those topographical maps in my bedroom. <laughs> Thank you, Sutton. Wow. Yeah. And um and I and I, do, I we joke about sports, but I, I do love I do love some football and I do love golf. Two completely opposite sports. I but did not know that. Yeah, I do. Like, I live for the football season. I'm not a baseball fan. I'm not. I never. I always think I like it live, but it's to me, it's the most boring thing to watch on television. It's hard to watch on but TV. But some people say that about golf, and I could watch golf on TV. So I'm See, weird. See, I prefer that. watching golf on television because I think it's you can track the ball better. Yep. Baseball, no, baseball's a little dull yeah, on no. television. I'd rather yeah. be at the park, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. I live for September, September through January when I can watch some football. That is so cool. Do you yeah. have a favorite team? Oh, 49ers. Yeah, San Francisco 49ers. 49ers. Random. Yeah. Nicely done. And Giants for New York. New York team is Giants. You're a Giants yeah. guy? I'll do that for the Giants. Very York good. Team. But yeah, Very so good. there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> well, there we go. So I hope you can see you're going to love it here. And please, Floyd Collins. Get the Floyd Collins in your life. It's You'll be happy. Am- it is amazing. Till next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now. And get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org. Because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.